Hi, I'm Archie Curry. And I'm Dee Curry. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Word of Hope Christian Church in New Braunfels, Texas. Hi, everyone, and welcome once again. I'm Pastor Tim with Word of Hope Christian Church in New Braunfels, Texas, and I'm excited to be with you today. It is Sunday, April 24th. have an exciting message for you today, which I'll get to in just a minute. But right now, why don't you join me in an opening word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we give you praise, honor, and glory for this day. Teach us from your word. Help us to learn from it, God, and help us to be great doers of the word for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. During a board meeting in a small mountain church, one of the deacons said, Preacher, I think we need a chandelier in this church. Said another deacon, No, I'm against it. The preacher asked, Well, why don't you think we need a chandelier in this church? The deacon said, Well, first, nobody in this church can spell it. Second, nobody in this church can play it. And third, what this church needs above all else is more light. How many of you have heard the phrase before, Ignorance is bliss? How many of you believe it? According to God's word, ignorance is not bliss. In Romans 1.20 from the Message Bible, we read, But the basic reality of God is plain enough. Open your eyes and there it is. By taking a long and thoughtful look at what God has created, people have always been able to see what their eyes as such can't see. Eternal power, for instance, and the mystery of his divine being. So nobody has a good excuse. The worst ignorance of all is to be ignorant of the message of God's word. And of course, God's supreme message in his word is that Jesus is the Messiah and the only Savior of the world. Above all, people need to understand that message and accept Christ in order to be saved eternally. But there are other things in God's word that we should know as well. We should have some basic knowledge of scripture. That said, how about we take a quiz today? That's right, we're going to take a quiz. So get your pencil and paper out. And let's get ready for this. I've got some questions that I think will be encouraging to you, but should give us a basic understanding of some things. Are you ready? Here we go. Here's the first question. In what language was the Old Testament written? The answer is Hebrew. Absolutely. You got it right. Second question. In what language was the New Testament written? Answer. If you said Greek, you answered correctly. Here's the third question. In what city was Jesus born? The answer is Matthew 2.1 says Bethlehem. Question 4. Who laid their head on Jesus' chest at the Last Supper? John 13 verses 22 to 25 give us a hint. The answer is John. Question 5. Who was caught in the belly of a fish for three days? The answer is You got it. Jonah. Jonah 1.17. Question 6. Who was taken from this life without experiencing death and simply could not be found? Well, according to Hebrews 11.5, the answer is Enoch. Question 7. Who was used by God to divide the Red Sea? Exodus 15.22 says the answer is Moses. Question 8. Who did God test that was willing to sacrifice their child? The answer is Abraham, absolutely. Genesis 22, verses 2 and 3. Question 9. Who did Jesus speak to on the road to Damascus? The answer is Saul. You bet. Acts 9, verses 3 and 4. 
and Acts 13, verse 9. Question 10. How long did Jesus fast in the desert? The answer is 40 days and 40 nights, Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11. Question 11. In what book does Jesus say he has the keys to death in Hades? The answer is the last book in the Bible, Revelation, specifically Revelation 1.18. Two more questions. Question 12. Who felt the holes in Jesus' hands after his resurrection? The answer is, that's right, Thomas. John 20, verses 24 to 28. And our final quiz question, number 13. Who was bit by a venomous snake and unharmed? The answer is, the Apostle Paul, absolutely, Acts 28, verses 3 through 5. So how did y'all do with that? Did you know all the answers? You know, if you didn't, it's okay, because this can be a great starting place for you. Some very foundational truths. Well, today I'm wrapping up our sermon series, What We Believe. We started this series back on January 2nd. Can you believe that? And the whole point was to talk about the foundation of what we believe here at Word of Hope Christian Church. But more importantly, these are foundational truths that we as Christians should all have as well. The core values we've covered so far are the Bible, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. In fact, we took five weeks to talk about the Holy Spirit. Salvation, baptism, the church, communion, praise and worship, and just before Palm Sunday, giving. Now, we took a break for Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday last Sunday, but we're back to finish our 11th and final core value, which is titled Christ's Return. Here's how this core value reads. We believe in the glorious and personal return of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will come in power and great glory to gather his people, the church. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 50 through 52, and 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 13 to 18. And the coming of Christ will be at a time known only to God. Mark 13, verses 32 and 33. Now, to help us focus on this last core value about Christ's return, I want us to look at one of those scriptures that we just referenced, and that is 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 13 to 18. That's going to be our core scripture today. So if you have your Bible or Bible app, open it up to 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 13 to 18. This is what it reads. Brothers, we do not want to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, and the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Now, as I began this sermon moments ago, I spoke about us not being spiritually ignorant. According to this scripture passage that we just read in 1 Thessalonians, there are several key issues that we should not be ignorant about. And they are, 
the dead, the resurrection, and the return of Christ. So let's talk about it. The first point is, don't be ignorant about the dead. Verse 13 of the text reads, Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of man who have no hope. A man died and went to the judgment. St. Peter met him at the gates of heaven and said, Before you meet with God, I thought I should tell you that we've looked at your life and you really didn't do anything particularly good or bad. We're not at all sure what to do with you. Can you tell us anything that you did that could help us make a decision? The man thought for a moment and replied, Yeah, once I was driving along and came up on a woman who was being harassed by a group of bikers. So I pulled over, got out the tire iron, and went up to the leader of the bikers. He was a big, muscular, hairy guy with tattoos all over his body and a ring pierced through his nose. Well, I tore that nose ring out of his nose and told him that he and his gang better stop bothering that woman or they'd have to deal with me. I'm impressed, St. Peter said. When did this happen? Fellow said, about two minutes ago. Folks, we can't be ignorant about death and about what could cause an early death. Don't do dumb things that could lead you to an early grave. Some people do, and that just astounds me. Now to the matter of death itself, what's the biggest ignorance that people have? Simply this, that death ends all. Of course, if you don't believe in the existence of the Almighty God, creation, the Bible, Jesus, etc., then you will believe that death ends all. And what's wrong with that kind of thinking? We know it's wrong, and there's a judgment coming, and people need to be warned. They need to come to faith in God and Christ. John 3.16 says, God loved the people of this world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone who has faith in him will have eternal life and never really die. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Acts 7.59 and 60 read, While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Romans 8.38 and 39 says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We believe the word of God. There is life beyond the grave. And we trust in our eternal salvation because we believe in Jesus Christ and trust him for our salvation. We have responded to him in faith and obedience. We believe and we have a hope of a future life. Don't be ignorant, beloved. The second point is, don't be ignorant about the resurrection. Verse 14 of the text reads, We believe that Jesus died and rose again, so that we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Acts 17.31 says, For he has set a day, when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. You know, one time I went to Home Depot many years ago. I'd been talking to a friend of mine who does home repair and tile work, was sharing about remodeling my bathroom. And so in considering the costs of the do-it-yourself type thing, I was looking to price a product known as shower sheetrock or otherwise called green board, that runs three foot by five foot in size. When I asked the clerk, he said they didn't carry any green board in that size. 
I challenged him and said, I thought they did. The clerk became testy and said, look, this is my department. I know what we have, and we don't have any three foot by five foot green board. I pushed a little further and said, show me what you got. Angrily, he takes me over to the green board and points and shouts, look, what you see here is all there is. Either take it or leave it. Now the size on the sign said 36 inches by 60 inches. I said I thought I could make it work. He whipped out his tape and to his absolute amazement, I mean, he was just absolutely flabbergasted. He discovered that 36 inches by 60 inches is also three foot by five foot. Hmm. First Corinthians 15 verses three through eight says, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. The resurrection wouldn't nearly mean as much to us who believe if we didn't have a record of those people who saw Christ after he rose from the dead. This is like some other things in our world. You know who Mel Gibson is, right? He's the famous actor and, of course, producer of the great movie, The Passion of the Christ. Have you ever seen it? It's a powerful movie, humbling, convicting, and reassuring of our salvation. Mel's father, Hutton Gibson, died in 2020 at the age of 101. Do you know what he's famous for? He didn't believe in the Holocaust. He denied that the Holocaust ever happened. And personally, I don't know how he could have denied it considering those who were in it and the eyewitness accounts of that horror. And so it is with the resurrection of Christ. We have recorded in this text a group of honest witnesses who saw our Lord after he rose from the grave. The empty tomb had a message for the disciples as it has for us. It says to science and philosophy, explain this event. It says to history, repeat this event. It says to time, blot out this event. It says to faith, believe this event. Don't be ignorant, beloved. Believe this life-changing, miraculous event. And the last point we should not be ignorant about is the return of Christ. 1 Thessalonians 4, 15 through 18, our text today reads, According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Billy Graham once said, One of the best ways to get rid of discouragement is to remember that Christ is coming again. The most thrilling, glorious truth in all the world is the second coming of Jesus Christ. When we look around and see pessimism on every side, we should remember the Bible is the only book in the world that predicts the future. The Bible is more modern than tomorrow morning's newspaper. The Bible accurately foretells the future, and it says that the consummation of all things shall be the coming again of Jesus Christ to this earth. If your life is dismal, depressed, and gloomy today, Christ 
can turn those dark clouds inside out, end quote. Here are some descriptions of the second coming throughout Scripture. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says it's personal. It's also literal and visible, Acts 1, 1 John 3, Revelation 1. In glory, Matthew 16, 24, and 25. In power, Matthew 24. With angels, Matthew 25, Revelation 5. It will come quickly, Revelation 22, Matthew 28. And unexpectedly, Matthew 24, Luke 21. We must not be ignorant of the fact that Christ will return someday. I realize that there is a great difference of opinion in the Christian world as to whether his return will signal the end to this world as we know it or something else. I prefer to believe that when Jesus returns, this world will be over and we will be received by the Lord to be with him forever. Now, if God does something different than you or I or anyone else thinks, folks, that's his business. He rules. We don't get any vote in how he's going to do things or run things. Earl Kelly, former senior pastor of First Baptist Church of Holly Springs, Mississippi, was preaching on the second coming of Christ. He had just quoted Matthew 24, 27, which says, For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. At this point, a large light bulb fell out of its socket in the ceiling and shattered on the floor in front of the pulpit. As reported by Baptist Press, Kelly was equal to the occasion. He told the startled worshipers, his coming will be just as sudden and unexpected and devastating to the dreams of those who are not Christ-centered. Brilliant response. Jesus teaches us in his parable of the ten virgins in Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13, the importance of being ready. He said, At that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they were all drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come and meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. He reminds us to keep watch because we do not know the hour or the day. In fact, Jesus himself says in Matthew 24:36 that even he does not know. No one knows about the day or hour not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Amen. There seems to be two important things about the coming. First is a sense of urgency, and second, we have got to be ready. Mark thirteen thirty three says it this way, Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. So how do we get ready? 
We give our lives to Christ. We have a daily relationship with him. We walk with him, talk with him, and do his business in this world as best we can. Beloved, don't be ignorant to the Lord's coming. It could happen at any time, perhaps even today, perhaps even right now. And perhaps, since we know the Lord, we should be praying, Come, Lord Jesus. Well, my friends, that concludes our sermon series about what we believe here at Word of Hope Christian Church. The truth is, as I said earlier, these core values should be a part of every believer's life. They are fundamental in our walk with Christ. And it's our hope that this series has helped you in that regard. And we also hope that it has strengthened you and affirmed you in your walk with Christ. But honestly, though, none of this matters if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Beloved, it's not too late. Jesus is coming back and his return is assured. The question is, are you ready? Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for another encouraging message from God's Word. To find out more about our ministry, look us up on the web at www.whccnb.org. Word of Hope Christian Church. Real people. A real God. Real hope.